What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 114 of your favorite podcast, The Guard Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Haley, alongside my co-host, Scott Simmons. And today, we are bringing you part two of unfucking bodybuilding beliefs. Inside, we're going to talk about a lot more things I just think really need to go away. So as always, leave us five stars. Support our sponsors, Revive and Raw. Use code Mahaley at checkout. And I would love to hear feedback to these videos and anything else that you want me to unfuck send it to me in the dms and i'll do a podcast on it i'll see you inside all right guys we are obviously continuing picking up where we left off there in part one um first couple cool things we uh we got over 400 ratings yeah which um you know i i just feel like that's really cool that's like a really cool benchmark you know we've been doing this eight and a half months um we have 114 episodes and we have 400 ratings like that's dope mm-hmm. um so we appreciate you guys we thank you guys we love you guys we have a lot of new listeners yeah i noticed that too yeah yeah um really fucking cool so um you guys are late to the party welcome um it's a fucking cool place to be i think i think it's pretty good podcast get to hang out with us bias yeah you can hang out with us for (laughs) you know about an hour here and there uh give or take a little bit two hours if you listen to 112 yep uh which we're i'm still getting a ton of feedback on really which is really really cool um yeah so uh i i I definitely appreciate you guys um today i woke up to a really cool surprise um woke up to to two emails from uh the same organization the one was saying that um, I had been my nomination to whoever nominated me. I, I, I appreciate that. I have a pretty good feeling. I know who it was. Um, my nomination uh, for Austin's 40 under 40 uh, had cleared. Um, and apparently I'm like going to be one of the top 40 people um, mm-hmm. in Austin. So what this is, 40 under 40 is a really, really, it's a man. It's a pretty big deal here in Austin. Do you only need one um, nomination to get? In? No, apparently or? you have to have a minimum of 15 or someone on the panel nominate you. Okay. Um, and I remember there was someone and I can't, I can't remember their name or else I'll like thank them on the podcast because I know that they definitely have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, who found me in Austin and like, um, you know, started following, supporting, like talking about how cool the team is and stuff. And then uh, one day um, he kind of introduced like who he was, what he did and all that stuff. And I thought, oh, you know, that's that's like really cool. I never heard of, you know, 40 under 40. I'd been here maybe five or six months at that point. Yeah. Um, and so he, um, he, you know, went on to just kind of explain the process and he was like, you know, I really hope to see you on there one day. I'll be following along. And I was like, man, that'd be wild to see me on there one day. Um, and so essentially how the process works is, um, you know, people, uh, they, this organization kind of sends out emails, flyers, they go to events and stuff and like they get nominations from people. Right. Um, they start looking into all these people. So it doesn't really matter if you have 15 nominations or if you have 5,000 nominations, they look into each person rather deeply. Okay. Um, and they okay. like, they follow along with their journey, not just like social media stuff, sure. obviously it's a part to it. Sure. Um, but they, you know, they, they, they really follow, uh, follow yeah, everyone's impact very deeply. And like what's cool about Austin is there's a ton of impactful. I mean, there, there's more impactful people per capita here than anywhere else. Yeah. There's like, a lot. I, like by far. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it's a really big deal. Like you look at some of the names who have, you know, been on the awards list and it's really cool um, to be mentioned. I know last year I was nominated for it as well, which was really cool um but then uh it, it obviously got canceled um due to covid so this year um you know being nominated for a second time i think that's really neat um so i appreciate that the, the second email um was even cooler they asked me to be a uh, sub keynote speaker at the event and what that means is you're essentially 
top three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they take their like top three most, um, I guess, impactful people under the age of 40. And all of you are like sub keynote. Um, and then they reveal at the event, like who number one is. And that's like that. Like then you turn to the keynote speaker. Um, so, I, you know, that's that's really neat. It's uh, definitely a cool experience. The only issue with it is it's always the same weekend as uh, one of the national shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was kind of discussing with Megan today if. You know, if you have a chance to win the top person in Austin <laughs> under the age of 40, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty so cool. We'll, you got, it's hard we'll, to turn we'll it down. We'll, we'll, we'll what see you, what, the end. The keynote, what do you what do you got to talk about? Uh, you know how you I am. A, I'm going to take it off the top. I'll well, have a topic in mind. I was going to say, do they give you a topic or do they say no. stay within the realm or do they say talk about what you yeah, know? They essentially give you guidelines. Yeah. Um, so it's a gala yep. um, that's, that's presented out and everyone gets to bring uh, eight people to the gala. Uh, which is really cool, including a plus uh, eight people plus one. You're plus one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my buddy CJ got nominated for 30 under 30. Yeah. Yeah. And so in, yeah. Yeah. So 30 under 30 comes out next week, I believe. Yeah. Um, it was last year. Not yeah. This year. I'm hoping I'll be on that one as be well. Cool. <laughs> yeah, be that, cool to yeah. Both. yeah. That'd be really cool. Um, I'm assuming I'll be on it. We'll see. Um, so you essentially go there. They give you guidelines, like things to talk about. Um, you're actually like you're allowed to cuss like a little bit like softcore. Um, sure. Why not? I probably can't say fuck. <laughs> you're gonna have to hold back. Yeah. You have to hold a lot back. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll just go with the topic in mind. Yeah. I'll just take it off the rip. That's sure. kind of what I sure. do with the podcast. <laughs> what, what do you get an hour? So, you get, like 15 um, minutes. Yeah, yeah. So your speaking can be anywhere from 10 to 20. You know, I'm okay. taking 20. Yeah, sure. <laughs> They're yeah. gonna have to keep. No, I'm take 21. <laughs> I was gonna say you'll probably try to get a standing ovation. Yeah, fuck yeah, I am. You already know. I, I will get a standing ovation. Yeah, oh, you better sure. have the camera ready for that shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm a. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to kill it. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, if you listen to the podcast and you're someone here in Austin who nominated me, I greatly appreciate um, you. Know, I think it's really cool. Um, so a lot of uh, exciting things happening here um, right now. But uh, without further ado, you know, the reason you guys are here is to learn some more things. So let's just go ahead and dive right into it. So obviously in the last episode, and what we're continuing here is we're talking about unfucking uh, bodybuilding beliefs, right? Um, so there's a lot of them, like I explained in the last episode, uh, and I'm sure it's going to be a part three. I'm sure it's going to be part four. There's not going to be like right after this, because um, how I'm going to compile this list is as I go, uh, like throughout the day, uh, just throughout my life. Anytime I see something that's really fucked up, really stupid, um, I'm, I'm just going to write it down and then I'll kind of come on here and debunk it. Uh, so number one in part two is this one's so funny, dude, I'm ready. That, that, that fish thins your skin and most people listen to this podcast. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Literally. Uh, they're probably LOL about that. I probably don't have to go that deep into it, but if this is something that applies to you, that a coach has said before, that is not true. Um, why does your skin get thinner? Your skin gets thinner <clears throat> because you lose body or I, I, thinner with air quotes. Um, you lose body fat and, you know, you you drive subcutaneous water into a muscle or you drop subcutaneous water, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so your skin appears to be like shrink wrapped. Right. Um, and that has nothing to do with tilapia or asparagus or even ice cream. It doesn't have anything to do with any of those things. It's just about dropping body fat and why this became popular, I guess with tilapia is because like, like tilapia is only protein. Like it's so low calorie and it's it. like, it's literally, you hate tilapia. I hate tilapia. Really? Yeah, I dude. love tilapia. Do you? Yeah, I really do. But uh, it's, it's like, there's nothing in it. 
It's okay. protein. Yeah. Uh, no carbohydrate. Like, like the fat is so minuscule. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you implement coaches, um, you know, and more bro old school bodybuilding would implement this close to a show. And all they're really doing is just reducing calories. Like when you go from a chicken tenderloin or flank steak or whatever your protein source was, even salmon, and you switch it out for a tilapia, you just, you just literally intaking lots of fucking calories. Overall, so that means your deficit, uh, the the variance in your deficit is going to be much greater. Uh, and obviously, you're going to try more body fat um, that way, you know, it's, as long as everything internally is going well. So fish does not thin your fucking skin. It's really fucking stupid. Honestly, if someone tells you that. And what's funny is there's still a lot of coaches who say that. Um, really? My uh, my ex's previous coach uh, before <laughs> who, who she ended up like actually working with. Yeah, he would tell her all that stuff. Yeah, like about fish thins your skin and stuff. <laughs> and I was like trying. I mean, to if you think shut. about it logically, and yeah. you go, okay, well, there's less calories, yeah. there's protein. I guess yeah. it kind of does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of what I brought up to. Yeah. I'm just like trying to keep my mouth shut. I'm just trying to stay in my lane. And then one day I was like, I've, I've, I've had enough. And yeah. I was like, so yeah. fish doesn't actually thin your skin. It's just lowering calories, so it makes the <clears> you know variance and output much greater. Mm-hmm. He said, well, no, you know, you know, like acido and like all those guys. And I was like, oh, okay, that's <laughs> all right. That, you know, that, thins my, you know, thins my skin. Whiskey, whiskey thins my motherfucking skin, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> Hell yeah, it does, brother. Oh man, so that's wild. Um, I'm not sure where that came from. This next one, uh, Matt and I touched on a little bit, but I just want to reiterate. Huge bro myth out there about utilizing T4 with growth hormone. I'm not sure where it comes from. What I think my hypothesis is since growth hormone increases the rate of lipolysis, which is, you know, obviously fat burning, um, people commonly when we have an increase in lipolysis, we will see a downregulation of thyroid, right? So what happens in, in your body when you're in a contest prep phase, um, but growth hormone doesn't have any actual, um, it doesn't have a ton of interaction with the thyroid itself. Its mechanism of action is why we you know, drop body fat on us because when it's taken in a fasted state with low enough insulogenic levels, it's going to release free fatty acids into the bloodstream, right? And then with those free fatty acids, as you're you know, staying in a fasted state, you're going doing your cardio, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. As long as you make them be utilized and they're going to be utilized, right? Um, so it's, it's, that inherently growth hormone releasing more free fatty acids into the bloodstream that that doesn't force your thyroid to downregulate at all okay um another myth is you know that, that i've touched on in you know, the dmp podcast and last podcast that dmp does well i've never seen that in blood work um i think another thing alongside this that people believe uh why growth hormone and, and dmp we can kind of make this a two-fold topic it's just because like, when are you taking these? You're taking these when you're in a massive deficit. And so you're, if you're in a massive deficit, your thyroid's going to downregulate. But these drugs inherently, you know, if you take them in all season, you're not going to see any change in thyroid activity. Okay. So stop killing your fucking thyroid, utilizing T4 year round with growth hormone. That's, that's very, very, very unhealthy. And there's a lot of bodybuilders doing that. Why do you think we see so much thyroid cancer? happening this is a big reason why um you know obviously all the thyroid drugs are abused uh, over a prolonged bodybuilding career but yes i mean that that that's that's very unhealthy like being on the t4 year round just not I me mean, at, at some point you're gonna just completely shut down your own optimization of t4 it's like you're on that 12 straight months 
you've had no break. Um, you know, I, I don't even have the research or the data in front of me. It's just what's physiology do? Well, it thrives best in a homeostatic set point. So your body starts thinking, well, you know what? Like I haven't had to actually um, make or release T4 in quite a long time. So I'm going to focus my energy elsewhere. Um, and it's like the whole, if you don't use it, you lose it type mm-hmm. thing, but you don't mm-hmm. actually like lose it down to zero, but you're going to lose it down to somewhere. Yeah. Uh, maybe 88%, maybe 92%, but yeah, it's not going to be a hundred percent. Yeah. Your, your body thinks it has a crutch now yeah. that it doesn't need to do that action anymore. Um, pulling out aromatizing compounds close to the show. Uh, so we talked about trend in the last podcast and trend is one of the most heavily aromatizing compounds there is right well there's this like belief and again it's like really kind of old school bro it's funny you go through a lot of these things and it's like old school um and 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 bro bodybuilding logic if you will um that essentially states you know closer to a show the more heavily aromatizing compounds you have in the more water you're going to retain xyz uh more likely you are to have um or to not burn Body fat, because your estrogen is too high because these fucking drugs. Uh, that, that's, that's not real. That's, that's, that's not a real thing, right? Again, like I said with Trent the other day, trust your gut. Trust what's going on in front of you right now. When you're watching someone pose, trust it. Because what, in my experience, what I've seen is when you leave in the heavier aromatizing compounds, as long as the ratio with non-aromatizing compounds stays in check for that individual. And it's very bio-individual on that. Some people are 1.15 to 1. Some people are 1.5 to 1. Some people are 1.75. Some people are 2. Some people are 3 to 1. You know, whatever. Um, As long as that ratio is in check for the individual, those heavily aromatizing compounds, they're actually going to help you stay full and they're going to give your physique a much better pop. All right. Um, so nothing about that's inherently bad. Estrogen driving high or staying too high to drop body fat with estrogen. We look more so at ratios, right? What's the ratio of testosterone to estrogen now close to a show. Yeah. You're going to be utilizing more anti-estrogens and all that stuff, right? Uh, men, women, you know, whoever you're, you're, you're going to be, if you're enhanced, you're going to be utilizing more anti-E's or CIRMs like a Novadex, right? So we drive this estrogen down real low and yeah, that does give us somewhat of a crispy look, if you will. But that doesn't make us necessarily burn more body fat. It allows us to get rid of some, some subcutaneous water in some instances. But I think that a really good peaking plan can get rid of the uh, of the sub the same amount of subcutaneous water um, as pushing the anti ease really fucking high. But understand, you know, estrogen estrogen plays a large part in the pump matrix. Um, estrogen plays a large part in, in your overall uh, physical health and in your training capabilities and in your recovering capabilities and your sleeping capabilities. So driving it down to zero is not a good idea. If you if that's what it takes for that individual, and there are going to be some individuals, like I would say with John Childress, you know, mm-hmm. John Childress, my client, I mm-hmm. would like we have to drive him to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only way he's going to look the way that I want him to look on stage. Right. Um, he's someone who retains body fat easier than other people. Therefore, he retains water much easier than other people. And therefore, estrogen has a larger effect in you know, his physique than it does other people's physique. Right. So then we have to drive it pretty close. Um, but you know, if we can stay away from the really, 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 um, 
just intense AIs like Letrozole, um, then that's really ideal. But again, if Letrozole is needed for the job, um, obviously I have to pull it out. But this shouldn't be something, it's like we talked about uh, in, a, in another recent podcast, this shouldn't be something you just lean on. Like, oh, you know, all right, it's time to put Letrozole in. Hmm. There's, like, Letrozole makes you feel fucking terrible. Like, it, it crashes your, your E down. I mean, it tanks it. Like all the way down, you know how bad you feel? No fucking estrogen. I've been there. I've fucking done that shit. Um, I had a coach shake my fucking estrogen down to goddamn zero. That was brutal. It was awful. Quality of life just sucks. Um, I won. <laughs> so whatever it takes, right? But I don't. I don't think I needed that uh, at all. I think it was just like it's this far out, and this is what I'm supposed to do, and so this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I do it. Mm-hmm. This is essentially what happened. There wasn't a lot of like mm-hmm. thought put into it. Um, so pulling out other that's actually kind of killing two birds with one stone because uh, my next topic was uh, tanking estrogen. But pulling out heavily aromatizing compounds close to a show does the client actually need that? Can utilizing a higher dose of mass, masteron, and a lower dose of these um, heavily aromatizing compounds or um, having a Nolvidexin along with mast or, or something like that um, to drive the ratio higher? Could that allow us to keep these heavily aromatizing compounds in even in people who do retain some water or are extra sensitive to estrogen? I think so. I, I do think so. Um, I've gotten people fucking peeled like that mm-hmm. um, by keeping it in, but they were very sensitive to, you know, these items. So I, I man, I truly think, and I'll talk about, I truly, it's all, it's just all about the ratio. Like it really is. If you're running compounds in the right ratio, then the right things are going to happen and, and really good things are going to happen. Um, so tanking estrogen, we'd love to stay away from. It's going to be really hard filling out. It's going to be really hard getting um, a pump, um, maintaining a pump, um, getting adequate sleep, which, you know, so mitigating stress in your peak week if your estrogen is gone. Stress mitigation is going to be tough. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a it's a very important hormone to the human body. It's, you you function healthily um, if you know you you have a decent estrogen ratio, right? Um, so we want to go into the show as best you can. Don't take estrogen and just trust what you're seeing as a coach. Trust what you're seeing. If you don't need to pull the compounds, don't. Um, we've touched on clenbuterol a lot. You know what's fucked up? We touched on all this time, and I still see on Instagram, man. I. I if you don't listen to this podcast, I just don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like they obviously don't listen to the podcast because they're not educated on clenbuterol. They're talking mm-hmm. about clenbuterol, like popping it like candy. Mm-hmm. Clenbuterol is the least safe fat burner there is by far. Like mm-hmm. nothing else is even close. Like mm-hmm. thyroid, DMP, growth hormone, you know, him being, um, even ECA stack. Like no man, none of those are even close to clenbuterol. Okay. Uh, clenbuterol is yeah. by far the harshest. You guys, I mean, it's 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 mode of action is expressed through the soft tissue in your heart. You see what it's doing to your hands when you take it and like you start getting tremors and whatnot. You start feeling anxious. Man, imagine what it's doing with your heart, you know. So a lot, oftentimes, you know, we, we talked about uh, the anxiety um, that comes alongside and the sleep issues that come alongside uh, clenbuterol. <clears throat> and. Oftentimes, man, I think everyone can relate to this. Man, sometimes you just feel your heart pounding out of your fucking chest, and like that inherently gives you mass anxiety. Sure. Like, wonder if it's 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 probably from that. Sure. Right. It might not be from the drug itself, just a side effect of the drug. It's, so it's like a side side effect. <laughs> yeah. If that's the thing, is that a thing? Yeah, I, I don't fucking know. So 
it's 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 not just something that you just pop like candy i'm also again you know i'm not telling you guys this i don't talk about clenbuterol um just to like scare you away from like i'm going to use it too and i have someone right now prepping for the amateur olympia utilizing clenbuterol um it has a time and a place has a purpose but don't think that it comes without uh that that it comes without you know, some sort of internal uh, damage that's going to need fix. All right. And again, you know, all that for a two to 3% increase in basal metabolic rate, you know, and, and, you know, we see bikini and bikini. I'm more so talking to bikini girls and bikini coaches is we oftentimes see clenbuterol utilized here. Um, that's the stack. It's Anavar and clenbuterol. Okay. Well, Anavar, you guys all know how I feel about Anavar. I mean, it's so fucking weak. It's not even worth it. Mm-hmm. Like IMO. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not like willing to utilize a Premobolin, then it's probably not right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, Premobolin's, you know, a little bit, I, I use the term safer loosely because Anavar is a very, very, very safe drug. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Premobolin's safer and it's way more effective. Like night. I mean, it's, it's not even comparable. So, yeah, can Anavar help you retain uh, muscle in a dieting phase? It can, um, but you know, adequate protein intake and uh, and uh, training intensity can too. You know, I think there's a time and place for it because one really cool thing about Anavar is it does have really good uh, cognitive benefits. Uh, kind of, it kind of makes you feel good. It kind of gives you like a pep in your step, right? Um, so that's really, really cool about Anavar. Um, but you know, it's there's a time and a place for everything and. It's not as harmless as a lot of people think the whole Anavar clenbuterol cycle. I would much rather have someone utilizing a preamble on DMP if it's really needed. Hmm. Um, it's going to be far more efficient, far more effective, far less side effects. Um, and I mean, that's kind of what you want, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want this to like be somewhat healthful because coming out of a contest prep, you don't want your health so fucked that you can't do anything that, that, you know, you, you have to stop training and you have to, you know, not really diet and you have to like only, assess your health. Like you never want to come out like that. And I've never had a client come out like that. And I know there's a lot of people who can't say the same. I'm really fortunate for that. Um, but you, you, you have to do what it takes to win, but doing what it takes to win shouldn't, you know, cripple you. Yeah. It shouldn't cripple your, uh, you know, your longevity here. So, um, clenbuterol, just understand what it actually is. It's a beta two agonist that expresses through it's, it's, it's MOA through soft tissue in your lungs and in your heart. We all push really fucking hard in the gym. We all ask a lot of our heart already. We ask a lot of our kidneys, our liver, all of our vital organs. We ask a lot of um, our thyroid. Um, so, you know, that's why I prefer thing, you know, something like a DMP that does not interact at all with any vital organs. Um, you know, even though you know, not near enough people are educated on DMP, actually, most people are uneducated on it. Um it's it's by far the heaviest uh, preferred here as long as you're able to handle it. Um, the last point I want to talk about here is just trusting your eyes. Oh my goodness, dude! It took me so long to learn this as a coach. It's kind of like uh, I, I feel like there might be some of this in photography as well. Like when you're kind of looking at something that seems pretty fucking cool, yeah. Um, and it seems like this this might be some unique. This could be a you know cool shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you overthink and say, like, wonder if I can be better if it's over here. Mm-hmm. Or what about like over here? What about over here a little bit? 
Uh, and then you just miss the whole fucking shot. There's a big difference. We get the benefit of taking seconds. To yeah. Take 16 of those fucking yeah. shots. Whereas you have to like think about it quite yeah. a bit more. Yeah. Like, that, honestly. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so the paralysis by analysis is a little, is a little bit thrown out by you guys. because you, you have room for error. If I can take a thousand photos and yeah. you do one of 12, them has to be and you do 12 reps and I can yeah. do a full circle around you, I think we're all right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. That, 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 that makes, but I understand sense. what you're saying. So, yeah. Trusting your eyes is a big thing here. Like this kind of goes back to the whole, um, you know, peaking protocol thing. Like, why do we get like, what, what, why are full plans being sent out like a week in advance? And it's really fucking weird. Um, trust your eyes. What are you seeing right now? What is happening? Right in front of your eyes when you're watching your client pose. How's the muscle leaning against the skin? How's the skin tightness uh, down to the muscle? How's the how's the fullness of the individual muscle bellies? Are there places on the physique that need to be fuller? Uh, are there places on the physique that we need to you know pump some electrolytes into, uh, like a pump matrix into? Um, what 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 are you seeing? What the body's telling you in real time? That's what matters. And I think people you know go. And they, you know, they get their pictures of their clients or they go assess them in person, whatever. And they like already have a plan in place. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that, that that's not, I, I don't think that's an optimal way of peaking at all. Cause then you're going to be biased when you're looking at your client. Inherently you're, you can't take human, you can't take human nature out of, uh, out of this. Mm-hmm. You're going to be biased towards your plan in this instance. Whereas I, I think it's far better to be dynamic I need to watch you pose. I want to see how the skin looks against the muscle and how the muscle pops against the skin. I want to see how every single centimeter of every pose looks. And I want to assess areas that we need to manipulate a little bit further. And if an area is good, then how do we hold on to that area perfectly? Right. Well, there's only one way that happens. That's a real time assessment, not really having preconceived notions of what should come next. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's one way this like, like there's thousands of ways to skin the cat. Right. But I think attention to detail is a contest prep coach. I think it's a huge fucking deal. And the greatest attention to detail you can give someone is the here and now what's happening in your physique right now. What did it look like after the last intake? What did it look like before the last intake? And what does it look like right now? Um, it's speaking to you and it's always telling you exactly what it needs. And so that's why I think going in with a plan is you are coming at it from an angle of I'm telling it what it needs. Mm-hmm. The, the body's telling you what it needs. You just, you need to not have any bias. You need to not have anything. When I go in to assess Courtney on Sunday, when I land in Orlando, I don't have any plan in mind. Mm-hmm. I have nothing. I'm going to see her in the morning. I'm going to tell her what Sunday's going to look like until I see her again. I'll see her Sunday. I'll have no fucking idea what's going to happen after that. As, as I'm watching her pose, I'll have her do a few rounds. I'll see exactly what's going to happen next. We're just going to wash, rinse, repeat until she's perfect. I think I have 41 hours with her after I land until she's perfect 41 hours from that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably assess her 15, 20 times. Um, so it's super important to, you know, as coaches and as athletes, um, trust your eyes. As athletes, I say trust your eyes loosely because this means disassociating yourself from the whole like, oh my God, like I feel so smart, I feel so fat, or I feel so flat. No, like, like you have to be unbiased in your approach here. Like, and if you can't take off the prep goggles, then do not trust your eyes. Um, that's why having a good coach is really important, uh, which, you know, it's a, you have to practice that. Um, you know, you have to practice assessing your physique in certain states and in different, um, you know, with different variables at play in order to really know what to look for to know if you're on and heading in the right direction. Right. Um, trust what you're seeing and then assess and then adjust 
uh, or pivot from there wherever need be. But don't having preconceived plans in mind for something that has not yet been established is just not worthwhile at all, in my opinion. I don't think that's optimal for the athlete, and that's not assessing real time biofeedback. Now, again, just my fucking opinion. There's a lot of coaches who do it differently, have great success. Um, you know, we all think our method is the fucking best, right? Like, true. Well, I know mine is, but <laughs> <laughs> I know mine's the fucking best. Um, but I think that that's really important, especially, like I said, when you're kind of young and, and, and uh, upcoming. And there's so many coaches that listen to this podcast, which I really, really appreciate. The body is always giving you the message. You have to figure out what to do with it. This is a super short one, but we are done with the current bodybuilding shit we have to unfuck. So I will see you next time.